of the Founders DNA, an interview series of hustlers and entrepreneurs where we delve deep into the DNA of these individuals to explore what makes a successful founder. I'm your host, Aisha Ghoshal, and for this episode, we have Anchal Saini as our guest. Anchal is the co-founder and CEO of Rented Bay. Rented Bay is a premium fashion rental omnichannel brand that is ushering in the philosophy of the shared economy in India catering especially to the mindsets of millennials who seek out a luxury lifestyle without the hassles of ownership. Their vision is to build a world-class tech-enabled omni-channel fashion rental company. So let's get this started and delve deeper by hearing from Archil. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the Founders DNA podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm glad, Aisha. Great. Thanks so much. Um, so, Archul is the co-founder and CEO of Rented Bay, um, a fashion rental business. Why don't we start with you telling us a bit about what Rented Bay is about and what it does? Sure. So, you know, our vision when we started Rented Bay, our vision is to make Rented Bay like Netflix for clothes. And uh, basically telling you that, you know, Rented Bay is designer wear on rent. And we, you know, in the shortest possible way, we have this sweet little line to define what we do is rent, flaunt and return. So you can rent out designer labels and brands at one tenth of the cost. So um, the idea behind this podcast is to delve a bit deep into the person behind the founder, like the actual founder and discover Mm -hmm. what the experiences both in their childhood and professional arenas have had an impact on them and as well as the values that have led them to be doing what they're doing right now and what they've learned along the way basically. So keeping in line with that, why don't you tell me a bit about the genesis of the concept of Rented Bay um, in the sense that why did you start Rented Bay when you did, what were you trying to solve and how your past experiences have led you to do what you're doing now. So you know that there's a problem with I think which every woman has, which is that your closet is full and yet you have nothing to wear. Which is, you know, men and people laugh about it, but that's a genuine problem. And the reason is that, you know, so honestly, when I started Rented Bay, so my idea was to uh, start with Western wares, Western outfits and accessories. And then I realized, you know, that a lot of people are not very comfortable borrowing from others and similarly a lot of people are not comfortable giving it to others i did see at you know workplace and you know colleges people exchanging clothes but that, that's not a very comfort so i you know thought that you know what if every time something can magically come ironed freshly clean and wear it and then goes away hmm. that was the idea and you know i was a hoarder before that also i would always you know get new clothes to that extent that i used to hide, used to hide it from my mother so that's what we started but uh, immediately when we started this, it made a lot of business sense in ethnics because then the ticket size is better and ethnic is something that uh, more than westerns right now at the moment in the country, ethnic is more in demand for rentals than westerns. So why do you think that is? Because uh, I think buying a 50,000 rupee lenga for your best friend's wedding and then just putting it in your bed box is is painful. <laughs> That's the reason. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yes, it's not worth it. And ethnic is something, you know, 
even western you wearing you buy a black dress you might be able to wear it one more time but a lehenga you buy a lehenga you wear it for a wedding you have 100 pictures you definitely not wearing it again mm. definitely not wearing and then trends change yeah what you bought maybe you bought it for over a lakh of rupees 2 years ago but now it looks obsolete so mm. you don't want to wear it yeah so that's mm. the logic behind this interesting so what cuz i know that you were a lawyer before so that's very very different to what you're doing now so do you think it helped the fact that you were a lawyer or more how did you make the transition so honestly i shall you know uh, yeah it's a very different uh, kind of i'm like a business person now than a lawyer but being a lawyer has always been my uh, strong point because all the legal work has been taken care of handling a business means half of it is a lot of legal stuff every step you take has to be your contracts have to be bang on with the designer partners vendors bloggers if you raise investment there were contracts otherwise as a small scale business it will probably pinch us to pay like a 2 lakh rupee law firm billing every month so it always helped it always always helped but yeah the life is different the life is very so different so what made you make switch. that switch okay so i was in that point of my career where um, i wait sorry to interrupt you could you tell us a bit what you were doing before of you course. started this work was uh, arbitration institute so delhi international arbitration institute was one of its kind started with the high court and supreme court judges on board so very prestigious institute and i i was the founding member there right from framing the rules i started the place from scratch so there you know i learned how to set up an organization so from zero matters we reached about 10000 matters and alongside i was uh, working uh, as a litigation lawyer as well doing matrimonial work cbi work and all that so having done that for what 7 years now it was time for me to make a switch in the sense uh, from legal only but switch from i was thinking of contemplating about leaving that institute and doing something else so uh, i was confused between two things one was joining a big fat law firm amar chand i was interviewing almost got through Uh, or uh, you know my dad was forcing me to start my own private practice so private practice is also like a business it's like a small entrepreneurship that you have but of course legal related so these two were my choices and rented bay came up and honestly before rented bay we uh, with the same partners we also started a small startup related to food oh okay yes and this was uh, two two years before rented bay and that also happened because uh, as a lawyer you get june off summer vacations okay. one june the entire That's one convenient. month yeah yeah, yeah. I, i miss that though i really miss that so one entire month june everybody's mm. vacationing nobody works so that june month we started working on that food idea food tech idea and uh, one entire month uh, i worked hard for that we had interns and we could tie up with about 80 restaurants in one month which was a good this so thing. what was that about so there was basically uh, our idea was keep uh, sometimes you feel that when you have the pockets to eat good food you end up eating junk food because of time constraints for example mm. you're going for a movie and your quick bite would be a mcdonald's mm. you're going for lunch during office hours you have a roll or you, instead of you know having a proper meal rather you can afford the meal you can have the taste for it you have the money for it why to you know adjust for a fast food sort of a snack so our idea was that before you arrive at a restaurant you can pre-place your orders the restaurant will be ready with your order and by the time you reach your table is late so it saves you a lot of time it uh, and rest- restaurants in, in the sense that restaurants also would you know make more money if they are able to rotate the tables faster 
this was our idea mm-hmm. and we tied up with 80 restaurants and all other people also we were all working in our own zones side by side doing this for one month because i and then july happened when the court opened then i was not able to do justice to this so then we everybody went back to their own zones yeah. of work then we realized wow that, sorry yes. so you were able to onboard 80 um 80 restaurants, restaurants in one month, month. yes and yeah. yes so but we realized then we realized that you know if you have to do something it has to be full time you can never swim, you know you can't be in two boats yeah so then it's learning from there when rented bay idea came up I so how did that idea come up about rented bay yeah rented bay just came because you know my love for clothes was so much and i realized that you know it's a waste of money keep buy i used to spend a lot of money on clothes and accessories and it was just a waste of money complete waste of money so we went and then uh, i had partners who were technology guys so you know we thought it's a very good combination we could start tech and everything would be home delivered uh, freshly ironed freshly and it will be picked up from your house and all that so when we started this i realized that i have to jump in full time i can't be doing two things so you know i did not think much honestly i did not think much it wasn't like months on com- contemplating on what to do it was just a decision made in one week i so just so what switched. was the, what made you in the sense that what was it made it that made it easy for you to switch it was everything mm-hmm. together and honestly idea yes idea was very exciting and see for a girl no matter what profession you are fashion is always interesting it's always interesting mm-hmm. so of course the idea and something new that we were creating and of course the team and luckily um, though you know you know shifting from a lawyer life to starting a new thing from zero your parents were initially were not very happy that you know you're leaving your prestigious career and all that and you're jumping into something fashion rental and all that which might or might not sail through initially they were not happy but immediately in a couple of months they said ki fine you should whatever you want to you should do it so full support every everyone gave me like full full support we started this you did not think much then great sounds good i thought maybe we could have a look into what you were like as a child and your experiences growing up so could you tell me a bit about maybe what did you want to be when you were younger what were you like a child so you know i'm a single child and i don't have any brothers and siblings or sisters so my i was raised in a very very broad modern kind of an atmosphere you know i've grown up in a way like you know i'm going to school my dad's polishing my shoe while my mom is making a sandwich or it's the other way also my dad's making a sandwich and my mom is ironing my uniform and both of them were working so they're juggling between things i have never ever you know been in an atmosphere where you know, my dad doesn't come home and he asks for a glass of water he just goes to the kitchen he picks it up hmm. that's the way i've been brought up and uh, honestly delhi being being in delhi and being a girl a lot of my friends uh, would their parents would always pick them and drop them yeah of course my parents were careful about my well being but my dad wasn't like somebody like i'll drop you and he's let you just go take an auto and go so mm. i've been made a very they've raised me in a very independent sort of a manner mm. and in fact when i was getting married which is very rare i was dating my husband then and i was 26 years old and my dad said no because he says 26 is too early he said you should not get wow. married till you're 30 yeah. and at least your vision should be you set up your own work uh, practice legal practice and then you think about marriage so 26 is way too early which is of course not an indian kind of a typical it's mindset it's quite the opposite yes yes so <laughs> yeah. they've always raised me in a very different way hmm. and i've seen both parents working all the time and that kind of an atmosphere i've got yeah. because of that atmosphere that you've been brought up in how has your thinking been uh so i honestly and my mom also she's one of the strongest human beings ever so i've always been let's just do it let's just do it you know that there've been times when um, i'll tell you like a small instance 
uh, we were at uh, my mom is what 67 years old this is last year only this happened uh, we were at this a friend had started a, a physical exercise arena sort of a thing so there were huge uh, ladders and that kind of a thing for corporates to basically spend a day there so while they were um, they were trying to pitch to a corporate one of the I think managers had come to see the area and they were just contemplating if people would be able to climb that much or not my mom happened to be around while they were just thinking she just climbed up the entire ladder it was about a 20 25 25 feet ladder she climbed and then from there she shouted if I can do it I'm 67 young guys can definitely do it and you know we're standing each and requesting please come down so she's somebody who's like go do it just do it you know don't 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 keep thinking about it when you can just do it so yeah. she always is in on that zone that you know you don't have to stress about anything either you can do it or you can't if if it's in your control you should do it if it's not in your control then you should anyways not stress about it yeah interesting so that mindset has basically influenced you a lot oh completely forward. completely yeah so has there been any if you could think of any instances where you've actually embodied that i think every day yeah <laughs> every day actually <laughs> it's every day because you know when you we are in the rental business. So, mm. you know, when we started, there was no precedent to look up to. Right. Like, for example, had I started an e-commerce website, I would have gone and worked at an e-commerce mm. website or at least gathered some information from some people who had already been there, done that. But in our industry, mm. when we started, there were a couple of more companies, but all of them were so new that nobody had teachings yeah. to, for each other. So we had to burn our hands. We had to. We started doing a lot of things and then we realized this is wrong. We can't do it this way. But we had to do it on our own. Mm. And only... Um, there were companies outside India which had done rentals but again their target audience their kind of clothes and everything was so different than ours that we could not take an analogy and we couldn't basically take anything from them yeah demographically so, it's very different very different so, demographically okay. kind of fashion and everything mm. is very different Indian mm. body so much yeah. so we had to just do everything on our own and learn and then redo it interesting that's amazing I had a so the reason I'm doing this is to ask does someone need to be inherently entrepreneurial in nature or is this something that can be taught or learned through experiences? What has your experience been or what do you think? Uh, so honestly, you know, uh, before starting up, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, I'll probably do something of my own so that I have some time in hand. But that's not the case. <laughs> it's right opposite. Yeah. So, you know, you just need to be sure about the kind of reasons that you're doing it. You're doing it for passion, you're doing it for the thing, go ahead. But if you're thinking of your comfort in the sense that I'll be better off doing my own stuff, then it is not for you. Hmm. And of course, you have to be in that rough patches also. So obviously, I don't mean to say that, you know, I was never on the road without food because I, I belong to a different category. I'm sure there are people who are doing something of them that without, they've slept without food also. But for me, having no money to go watch a movie was also a big thing. I've never been to that, that phase of life. Mm. It was me and my husband, we had, we were, you know, in the car and we did not have that 500 bucks to go watch a movie mm. because everything we had went in the business. Yeah. So there were these kind of things that we've seen and I've seen, you know, our parents putting in some money in our wallet or in our bag that, you know, at least they should have some cash in hand and that's very supportive of them and uh, that kind of a this so thing. how do you or how have you been able to deal with this lifestyle change or like your whole mindset change that this is what's going to happen as you're building that business like what has helped you uh, so honestly Aisha uh, lifestyle change I've always been a very flexy person okay when you're in college uh, if you remember when you're in college you do everything right you eat mm -hmm. Maggie on the road yeah. and then the days you have money you go and eat at Pizza Hut also <laughs> so I've just been there 
I've been like that throughout my life, even when I had the money. Yeah. So we were okay in doing anything. So I'm fine, you know, I'm fine having like chola kulcha from the road also, and I'm fine of sipping a nice glass of wine in a nice hotel. Yeah. So that luckily because, and Ricky, my husband also, he says, you know, he also has the same nature that we're doing everything fun together and he's okay. Hmm. So that lifestyle change did not really bother me much. It did not. And of course, there's been a lot of support at home, a lot of support. So do you think it's because there has, you have had this support system that it didn't bother you as much? Like, what do you think was the cause? Uh, I think because I've had that support system, I'm able to do things. Now that you've been a founder for a few years um, throughout this whole journey and I've seen what it entails, looking back, were there any experiences or instances that you are glad that you went through? that you came out stronger on the other side. Yes, yes, I think a lot of those. See, uh, every new, this thing that we do, there's a challenge and we, we, we have to face it. Uh, like the smallest uh, shouting customer at the store. So before, we, we, are, we were online only and even if there was some customer problem, we were dealing with them over the phone. If my staff is not able to handle it, I'm handling it over the phone. But you know, having a shouting customer over the phone and somebody screaming on you at your face, uh, in a store with 10 people watching, it's not a thing that I had ever done. You know, I've never been to that. Especially coming from a lawyer's life, where you're the authoritative person, you're the one who's leading and all that. So I have never faced that. So that happened. And, uh, but then you have to handle it. Since we are in a service industry, you have to handle these things. And you are, only when you can, you have, you know how to handle it, you can train the staff to do it. So I've handled, these are like a small, small thing, but so many of these things happen on an everyday basis that you're learning something new and facing something that you've never done it. So sometimes you obviously get bogged down also that, you know, I don't deserve this, but mm. then it's all right. That every step makes you a stronger person. Mm. And I'm so proud of uh, saying this in my company, whatever divisions we ha- have, we have done almost everything right from steaming, ironing clothes, washing clothes, delivering at homes. I have done every part of it. I have myself done every part of it. Our first New Year's was, uh, we stopped delivering at nine o'clock, nine, 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 in fact, 10.30 in the night. Our delivery boys were delivering till 10.30 and it was New Year's Eve. 31st December. Yes, 31st December and it was mm. New Year's Eve. So we couldn't let them, you know, uh, in early in the morning we took up that you know you guys can come in at 12 and we'll take up in the morning orders but there were so many orders that me other guys in their own cars we had boxes in our cars and we were early morning in fact winters so i was wearing my pajama and i just wore an overcoat on top <laughs> and after that party six o'clock seven o'clock we were in an individual cars we started delivering on our own yeah. so you know we've done everything on our own so we understand this pretty pretty much well and you know then then only you can train people to do it for you you're saying that it's very, it becomes very essential then to do every single thing that is there to do in your business so that you should, you should, you should, you should. Know. but of course there's some things that you can't like, you know, stitching is something I don't know. So mm-hmm. I never altered an outfit, but yeah, I've, I was still, I was able to manage it somehow. Sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. and, but it's better if you, if you, at least the maximum of the things you've done in your hands, you, you know how to get things yeah. done only when you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. While building a, so basically, while building a business, it entails working with others, such as your co-founder. So what would you say are some of the important factors for a healthy partnership while building a business? And what has your experience been? Uh, I think your roles have to be clearly defined, clearly defined, and everybody should have the same passion as you. 
everybody all your co-founders should have the same passion as you only then you can you know be together as a team and work hmm so when you say the same passions how do you gauge that passion going forward like at the beginning if it's you know Aisha this is just like marriage i think so <laughs> whether it's an arranged marriage or a love marriage you only get to know about a person once you start living with a person right so it's the same thing you know get to know about a person once you start really working with a person hmm. so hmm. it's it's just sometimes it's chance but of course you should be you know checking everything before but it's sometimes it's chance hmm So when you say you need to have your roles defined very very well. So how has that influenced your working relationship with your co-founders? You know, um uh, of course, uh, I feel especially the kind of business that we are in, there's a lot there are a lot of elements in it. Operations is one big part of it. Then your marketing is one big part because you're changing the mindset. You have to let people know what you're doing on a constant level. then technology is a very neat and new part in it and now you know um, once when when i started i did not understand the relevance and importance of this but yeah fundraising is also <laughs> equally important part and it takes a lot of energy so when there are so many elements because we are trying to be the new age kind of a business where we are omni channel we have stores as well as online as well as trying to get into virtual tra- virtual reality ai ar and all those things so there's so many elements and along with all this being in the business for 3 years now the analyzing the data is also very important hmm. because yeah you do mistakes but when you once you analyze data and you don't repeat mistakes that's when you become smarter and data tells you a lot of things like for our business our data can easily tell us about what kind of new inventory has to be gotten so analyzing data is an everyday every minute task so so many elements you have and if you can divide these elements See, as a single person trying to concentrate, even if four people are trying to do everything, you'll definitely goof up. Hmm. So, dividing these elements amongst you according to your capabilities and styles—that's the smartest way to handle it. Hmm. So, how important do you think is seeking support and having a support system as a founder? Uh, when you say support, as in what kind of support? What I mean by in terms of either professionally or personally. Do you mean taking help from people? Yeah, taking help or as mentors throughout your whole journey. No, I think it's very very important trying to do everything on your own and then you know that logic of fail fast is also a stupid logic. You don't have to do everything on your own and then keep failing. You yeah. probably take help and not not enter into a wrong domain. Hmm. So I think I am a total believer of taking help and support. Total complete. If there are people who've done something better than me or they're excelling in that field rather than I'm starting from ABC scratch, I should just go talk to them take some help and do it better exactly I'm a complete yeah. believer of asking for help i feel there's no shame in asking for help or guidance and it mm. it just helps yeah especially as a founder you sh- you shouldn't have any inhibitions to do no, that no you shouldn't and you know sometimes it's very important to take feedbacks also like a delivery boy who's delivering to pers- user's house he knows much more about his job than i know Hmm. So I can't dictate things. I have to understand his logic and his. And so, in fact, in the entire team, we take suggestions from everybody because everybody is doing the element very well. Hmm. So they have better suggestions to make. So how have you been able to enhance your support system throughout your whole journey? Like, have there been specific people or specific types of factors that have affected your? the type of people you interact with who you seek out so you know um 
honestly being a lawyer it helped a lot in terms of networking because lawyers mm-hmm. always have a good network so i i was somebody i would know a lot of people around and we would chat up if somebody needs help i would always be there if i need help i would not you know i won't be ashamed of asking for it mm-hmm. and that that has become even better as a entrepreneur because you end up meeting so many people and somehow it's a give and take sometimes you help them out they help you out and it helps you never know the kind of people you meet and what the connections they have and mm-hmm. it just helps and yeah when you are specifically asking about people who've been a support system for me of course family has been number one yeah. your friends have always been there you know there were times when you're so stressed out and you they, your friends call you don't answer but on when you call them you want them to answer in the first ring and that they've done that so they've done that <laughs> and uh, honestly uh, our investors also the the one of the lead investor he he really makes a lot of effort and then he, he's one of the mentors that we have now mm. yeah That's so, you know, great. learning yeah. from the ACS has always been good for us. Yeah. Don't make the same mistakes as actually. Never, never. Yeah. <laughs> so my next question is to be at the forefront of a company, you have to constantly keep on learning and innovating and being relevant essentially. So what has your process been to make sure that you are always at the forefront of business, your sector and technology or trends? See I honestly I had a hard time understanding technology because I come from the very pa- pen and paper kind of a background mm. lawyers are away from technology <laughs> but you know I've really learned a lot uh, Ricky Karan uh, CTO and CEO these guys have been very kind enough to answer my stupid queries and you know I'm that level that I understand it what our business is what is it why is it we are better than others what is the latest technology that we using all that I have obviously learned it and um, of course Uh, every day is a new day for you. You learn so much every day about the client, about the work, about category, about this. You have to keep an eye on the competitor. What's the company doing? Whether you want to do it or not. Weigh pros and cons. Take a decision immediately. So much. So of course you have to be updated and also uh, updated about other people. What other brands are doing? How you can you know benefit from their reach? So. essentially speaking so we as a you know company we 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 of course whatever is required we do spend that marketing money but we try and get a lot of collaborations done for example you are next cosmetic brand and i am a i'm a clothing brand if we collaborate you reach out to my audience i reach out to your audience we are both getting super benefited because our tg is the same and yes we are not even spending a single rupee hmm. so you know networking understanding each other's brand and obviously understanding what the other person would want from you first and then you make an offer and all those things So obviously I I need to network meet a lot of people more read up what's up in and everything to get there. So you saying because of the nature of your industry and the sector that you're in then what I've understood is that networking with specific brands specific um stakeholders becomes essential for of you course. to yes collaborate. Yes that's completely right. Business. Yes. Yes. So how would you say um you've grown professionally as well as um personally throughout your entrepreneurial journey like how have how are you different from the way you were 3 years ago before you started this A I think I've become very fast and I've become very very fast because you know in uh, what sense in 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 working sense like mm-hmm. I was work way faster than I probably used to uh because then you, you know that you know 10 things 20 things nobody else is doing it for you you have to do it so better do it fast and uh, so yes. how do you prioritize like if you have 10 things to do obviously you can't do 10 of them together or is that something like do you thrive on that like how does your process work you know i think as an entrepreneur sometimes you have a 10 thing list of 10 things to do but ultimately you just uh, reach the workplace and you end up doing first five which are 
are the different than the ten that you were supposed to do, and you go back <laughs> home with those ten things back. So uh, of course, uh, I think grown in the sense uh, mentally, yes. I think my uh, vision, my headspace has become way larger than what it was initially. Plus uh, awareness point of view, um, I know so much more about what's happening around in the in terms of what people the new new things which are in and what's the mindset and what's the millennial thinking like and all those things. And that that's I think I'm a completely different person. Honestly, I'm a completely different person what I was, yeah. and I'm really happy doing what I am. Yeah, yeah. So you've as a founder, you've had to deal with a lot of ambiguity, like day to day ambiguity. So. How do you deal with that? Like, what has? Do you have a specific process? Like, what is your thinking when it comes to dealing with ambiguity? So you know, when we started, obviously you start with uh, you can't afford uh, very qualified, very uh, you can't afford uh, expensive people. So mm-hmm. you end up doing everything on your own, or you take help and you hire employees which are cheap and young. So you are the boss there. You're teaching them. And then, of course, there's a lot of things that you also don't know, and they also don't know, and you're just swimming in the same boat, and you keep learning yeah. from what is happening around. But you know, as you grow a little bigger, you understand that you have to have people in your team who are better than you in that area. Hmm. Like now, at the moment, a retail consultant thinks way better than I do about a store. The way I handle a store, the way she handles a store is very different, hmm. and what she does is better than me. So you know, you have to accept. that sometimes you have people in your team who are better than you in that zone yeah and that's the way you need to deal with this i think yeah that's the yeah. day that that's the only way because before this and as as much as now we're growing and we're hiring qualified people who are very good with the job uh that the ambiguity question it it's becoming more clearer because everybody knows exactly what they're doing and you also end up learning them you end up learning from them hmm and in terms of the future in terms of obviously you guys you have a vision plan so how do you deal with what's next and the way to implement what's next uh so you know broadly we obviously have a vision which is get which was a blurry one <laughs> and i think over years it's becoming a crystal clear one and uh, then you know sometimes our plans cannot uh, our plans we obviously have plans but then plans are supported with money and with so many other things that we are thinking things don't go according to plan yes exactly that that's the point but uh, clearly uh, rental is a big space shared economy is a big 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 huge mm. space have here and the world is definitely moving towards shared economy so you know when i say that there's something new comes in first the uh, experimental lot would try it and then you'll see the normal population joining in so i think in the fashion rental space this is the era where the normal population has started to join it so which means it's just going to be like a fast paced journey now but uh, at the same time uh, you still i think we will still have a lot of challenges in terms of what's accepting what people what kind of categories people are accepting or not like when we start to be started with everything hmm. we started with sunglasses watches hair everything headbands everything and then you we narrowed it down to what people are using and what they're not using so a lot of experiments had to happen yeah failure obviously is a part of life like you just said experimentation you need to figure out what's working and what's not so um how do you deal with failure personally or as or what do you try to project to your employees to your um co-founders and in a way on how to deal with failure 
so you know uh, that's true you because as a startup you sometimes uh, experiment with a lot of things and you fail and uh, sometimes even when you know a team comes up with a small plan and then you also don't know whether they're right or not so the only way to uh, understand whether it's a right plan or not is to do it so but over my experience what we've learned is let's just try small rather than going big and burning a lot of money let's try small for example uh, we were working on a that's been we've been contemplating on c2c inventory for a while mm-hmm. uh, that shall we take the alias designers from users like supposedly i say you own a sabesachi and i tell you that why don't you rent your sabesachi through us so it's a c2c rental so whether this will work or not so i think before we think too much let's just try 10 users so that's what we did last year mm-hmm. we tried small we picked up 10 people asked them to lend their uh, outfits and then post that post one season we uh, figure out the result and mm-hmm. they were very happy with the income so right. which means it's a good plan so let's go big here yeah yeah now that's a great great way to test something out and then you can scale after great Thank you so much for um letting me interview you. So before we wrap up, I have a few I guess you could say fun questions, something a bit different. Um if not an entrepreneur, I know you have been a lawyer before. What else would you think you would have done? I would want to cook, cook probably. Oh yeah? Uh cook uh, on a beach side and then make money out of it. <laughs> buy a shack. Yeah, buy Goa. a shack. Yes, and make fish and make money. That sounds like the ideal life. <laughs> Sounds great. Um what advice would you give to someone who wants to maybe start out in the in their entrepreneurial journey? So I think um you know there's a little line here where people start their entrepreneurial journey in the sense that they think that they want to make a lot of money so they want to become entrepreneurs that's a very wrong idea because you know things have changed. It's not like if you're working for somebody you don't earn a lot of money. It's not the case right now. Yeah. Hmm. So your idea has to be crystal clear that what do you want out of life? you know money should not be the only thing yeah and of course when you're starting something you should be very sure about the plan and i really feel that you should make a plan which just makes you money from day one <laughs> so that you're not looking for that then at least you break you one yeah sounds great um so before we leave what book are you reading now or what would you recommend to someone uh in fact you know somebody recommended it and i've just started to read that i'm reading that uh, book called e It's called E, the alphabet E, okay. by Matt Bumon. So I've just started to read it, and it seems interesting. I think it's a good one. What's it about? It's about emails. You know how people see, see, and it's like a funny book. You just keep laughing about it, so it's kind of nice. So it's a, a, a bit of a respite from your busy life. Yes, yes, yes. And I've just started to read it, but after a long time, I've got a book now. Yeah. Because I think we were just too engrossed in the business, <laughs> but I feel I think it's time that you know you need to balance it. So yeah, it's a fun read though. Great. Hope you enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Aisha. Thanks.